This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson. With me this week are Jim Spence, Sean Hamilton, and Alan Temple for a St Johnston Cup Final Special. Welcome to Welcome to Talking Football, Alan. You've been You've been with us at the Courier for a few weeks, but you've not had this. You've not had the you've not the big gig yet. Here we are now. Eh? Get to talk about St Johnston in the Cup Final. What more could What more could you want? Dreams come true stuff. This Alan, isn't it? absolutely. Dreams come true. That, this feels like I've, I've scaled the top of the mountain now. This this really feels like what I've done. Downhill after for. this, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> once, no, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Once you've podcasted with Jim Spence, all the rest is just... It's, uh, it's, it's a boyhood dream. That. You'll never work again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, we do. We, we promised St. Johnson fans we would give them their own We'd give them their own podcast for this one. And quite right, what a, what a season it has been. And it could get... it could We could be going into real historical territory at the weekend of St. Johnston complete a cup double. Um, before we get onto the games and the sort of head-to-heads and, you know, Alan's, Alan's is, is the man with the expertise and the, the hip side of thing as well because when he before he joined us, he was on the beat uh, down Edinburgh way. So Alan will be able to give us some valuable insight on, on that side of things. But first of all, let's box off the league and Jim, how important was it for St Johnston to to get that European place sealed through the league, so that they can now really say they've done everything? You know, they've they've won the cup, they've qualified for Europe through the league, finished fifth. They really are playing with somebody else's money now, aren't they? There's, it's just you're in a real bonus bonus territory now, aren't you, Jim? Oh, I think so, um, Eric and. Um... <coughs> We Brun, as I like to call him, Stevie, the chairman, will be will be um, over the moon. I'm kind of hoping that uh, you know that I did threaten to go as a punter if he gone to Europe this year, you know, as opposed to a journalist and enjoy some of the trips. So I'm hoping he's going to give me a discount on the plane for the, the lifts that I used to give him home uh, after these European. Did, did trips, you see our you know? Did you see our interview <laughs> with older Brun? Oh, I, I know, I know. I must have missed that one. I'm, I, oh well, you'll I, have to go I, back and read I, that I, afterwards. Get that, get that retweeted, Jim. We know I'll that you're punting like a, I'll, like I'll a Jeff that one. I mean, Jeff, yes. <coughs> it was always, it was. I always made it a point, uh, maybe every uh, you know couple of months to go up and see Jeff at uh, his premises. Um, up there in the cars, you know, and, and you always got a great kind of 30, 40 minutes of them, usually on kind of uh, either the golf or the horse the racing. But then, then you know, the, the football, which was kind of, they were all they were, they were all these first loves, weren't they? You know, but I mean, you know, the football. Dundonians weren't his first love, to be fair, Jim. Oh, no, so no, he must, no, must be in, you used a, to say, you know, part of a rare never, breed, don't Never you? employ a Dundonian, the rock commies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he was he was great company, Jeff. You know, so uh, you know. F- firstly, I'm delighted for them because as a family, um, they have absolutely shown you know how a football club should be run properly. You know, fiscally responsible, um, ambitious without allowing ambition to drown the club in in in, in, in you know financial dangers. You know, and to get them into shark infested water. So I'm delighted for that. But yeah, I mean, you know, the, the European the European place is. As a bonus, it was a stage where it obviously looked as though it would never happen. But you know, to, to win the league cup, to make top six, to you know, bag the European place, and potentially be going for a, a Scottish Cup success as well. 
Beyond our wildest dreams, Eric, and I certainly, I mean, I've been covering football in this area a long, long time. Um, I can't remember anything like it, to be honest with you. And the European thing is, it's, it's, I suppose, is the icing on the cake. Um, because, you know, Europe gives, you know, it can be a pain depending on where you get drawn sometimes. You can actually lose your money depending on where you get drawn. But there is a cachet that goes with it. You know, there, there is... Um, there is a sense that you are a big club if you get into Europe. You know, I'm not saying Saints are not a big club, but you know, sixth, the, Jim, the sixth, the sixth time in, in about ten ah, years, in nine time. or ten years, it's incredible, it's quite, isn't it's it? It's quite incredible. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's they've, they've got a way to go before they kind of. I suppose match their Tayside neighbours United, who I think did about thirteen or fourteen consecutive seasons, which is utterly remarkable now when you think back in it. But you know, in the modern world, it's quite remarkable um, what what they've done. And the European adventure, I think, will be something that the Saints fans, you know, hopefully COVID and all the rest, it kind of will be, if not a distant memory, will be you know eased back quite dramatically, and hopefully people can go with them. So. It's fantastic. It really is something to look forward to. So it's it's icing on the cake, I think, a European spot. Alan, I mean, you were still you were still covering Livingston um, back when Saints were sort of middle of the bottom half of the table, and Livingston seemed to be absolutely over the hills and far away. I mean, it was. I, I, I wish I could remember how how big the points gap would have been between St Johnson and and Livingston, but it would have certainly been double figures. Um, They've totally gone in opposite directions, haven't they, since that cup final? It was a, a wonderful battle between the, the sides and they both had sort of similar campaigns, if you like. They both, uh, both clubs were down the bottom, were staring a relegation battle in the face, uh, effectively, before they, they both surged. But you're right, St Johnston had the staying power and the psychological advantage that cup final win gave them absolutely cannot be overestimated. It's the took that victory, they took that trophy and Livingston's form fell off a cliff for a while fundamentally and that's what opened the door, that's what gave St Johnston the opportunity to, to climb into the European places and I just echo what, what Jim said there about specifically how great it is for the fans. The fans have been locked out all season, they've been watching this dream season from afar on their TV, on pay-per-view and it's not been the same so if the borders open up and if a few fans can get over there, it will be there will be a new appreciation for that. They've always appreciated these adventures. They've always been something special. But now, having not been in their seat at McDermott Park, to be able to go to wherever it may be. I was looking back the other day on some of the trips when I was, I was doing a feature on the teams that St Johnston could get. I did the, the furthest one, Armenia. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Ar- Armenia. See, see the laughs the laughs in the office when that got drawn. That they were folk, were, folk were loving that. But it turned out to be an absolute, you know yourself, that these remote ones are the brilliant ones because you know you're you're never going to go back there unless unless it's with a, for a football game. Of course, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been to the Faroe Islands in this job, so you know, it's, those are the crackers and those are the ones that you know we have fans putting pins on globes and places that they never imagined they might go to. And as I say, they've had their parties, they've had their joyous trips abroad, but will they ever appreciate? one more than they're going to appreciate this upcoming European trip after everything they've been through. Uh, I'm not sure they will. It'll be very special. As Sean, I, I mean, I described it in my, my piece on Monday. It was a, it was, it was first-class game management by, by Saints to, to finish that off. You know, all the struggles they've got selection-wise and preparation-wise going into that Livingston game. They were never going to, they were never going to leave themselves open. They just, they just managed that game pretty much from start to finish, apart from one chance that they coughed up for uh, 
for which Bobby's Bobby's Lamal came to the rescue. But you know, it was they just got the job done, and that's been that's been the story of the last few months, isn't it? Get the job done. It has been the story of the last few months, and and actually, what's again, it sort of sums up exactly how far St Johnson have come, just in the course of this one season. Is that at the beginning of the campaign when they were playing really nicely at times, but weren't getting the rewards? A lot of the criticism was around how they maybe lacked that wee bit yeah. of just cynicism and ability just to shut down other teams that Tommy Wright's sides had um, at their best. Now, for Saints to have suffered from a lack of that at the start of the season, with the same group of players to have to have come to this point in the season where they are, I mean, God, they're kind of specialists almost and. and managing games out one nils tight tight wins clean sheets it's it's fantastic but also to do it while while retaining this ability to to play football i think it's a remarkable transformation um and it, it, it's incredible what an what an insurance policy that is to to have that european place bagged at this point before a cup final it just it, 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 in a sense it's, it's incredibly freeing those players I would imagine because I mean as you say you're playing with somebody else's money that's a nice way to put it 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 really is just look guys whatever happens here we've got something to look forward to now we've got a trophy in the bag already that doesn't happen a lot for St Johnston we've got European football all right that happens reasonably regularly for St Johnston at this point but it's bloody nice and then on top of that you could go for a, a, a once in a lifetime Scottish Cup double with in a sense no pressure and it's it's an absolutely remarkable situation to be in, and I mean, I hope to God that 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 it makes it has some sort of influence on the game because I mean, if Saints can play a Scottish Cup final with with a sense of freedom about them, then, yeah. I mean, what an unbelievable position to be in for a club like St Johnson. It's remarkable, it really is. Thing is, Jim. I mean, nobody nobody would say it. Well, obviously, we wanted we wanted fans in. Um, all the rest of it. The bigger the crowd, the better. It isn't going to happen. I think we've touched on this before, though, and Callum Davis would never say, <laughs> I don't want fans in or or anything close to it. But there is a but. And I do, I've written this, and I think we've said it on the podcast, I do think Saints are in a closed doors football rhythm. <coughs> and mm-hmm. I do think they have, I think, uh, perhaps only along with Rangers, I would, I would say they have found... It's not a way of not playing with fans. I just think they've just found this football, football, football way and they're just, they're like I say, it's a rhythm and nothing's going to disrupt that now. I know there's been the, the, sort of the, the COVID issues. They've been to Hamden three times now for this closed-door environment. You know, they're the type of team that is very well coached and gets, gets a lot of, uh, I was going to say, positive feedback. You know, the, 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 the coaching staff... Have an influence on the side of, on the touchline during games as well, more than a lot of other teams as well. This environment has been proven to suit them, hasn't it, Jim? So I don't think Callum Davidson will be gutted that they can just continue it for one more for one more game and then and then then see where it's taken them. Eh? No, I mean for, from a if you want, I mean I'm a great believer that football is theatre, um, Eric. You know, I mean football has a sense of occasion about it, a sense of, you know, when you go to a big game like the Scottish Cup final, and we've covered many, you know, when you when you go to them, um, <clears throat> there is a sense that you're at something special, you know, the drama, the atmosphere, the theatre generally. Um, now, 
you know, we'll still have that in the park, but you're obviously not going to have that on the in the stands and the terracings if you want, you know. So, so that's missing. Um, but I think mainly, you know, Saints have managed to cope with that. They've learned to cope with it very, very well, as we've seen, um, you know, and better than some throughout the course of the season. But I think the key thing for Saints, and I don't know whether you can nail it down and nail it onto crowd or lack of crowd or whatnot. The great thing, I think, for any football player, um, you know, the the greatest thing I think any football player or or indeed athlete can have is uh, is being comfortable within their own skin and, and, and knowing exactly how far their abilities stretch. And this is a Saints side, I think, that have absolutely screwed that down. They know exactly what they're capable of. They know the style they play. They know the system they play. And they are absolutely comfortable in their own skin. And in that respect... I'm not sure whether it matters whether there's a crowd in or not a crowd in. But given that there's not a crowd in, and and we've seen them, you know, absolutely comfortable. And even if 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 they've struggled in parts of games, they've got that ability to bring themselves back and manage the game as 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 it was put earlier on. So you know, th- th- this is a team, this is a squad, and this is a management uh, team that are absolutely at ease. And know the, the abilities contained within that squad. So in that respect, I think you know the, the lack of a crowd certainly holds no fears for them. If anything, it may actually, as you say, be a bonus. Right, Alan. Let's let's look at let's look at the game then. You know, let's get down to the specifics of St Johnston v Hibs. I mean, it hasn't. It, it, I've always felt that the longer the week goes on, the more the pressure will will come on to Hibs. It doesn't. This you know you, you know yourself. You've covered you've covered these press days. And the like at the start of the week or even the week before as you're building up, everybody's everybody's in a great mood, all the rest of it, everybody's smiley, smiley, sun's out, the trophy's there, picks are getting taken, and then you suddenly realise what's on the line, don't you? And there are a few clubs where that becomes a factor, for good and bad. Hibs are definitely one of them, aren't, aren't they, Alan? You know, I mean, I, I'm, the, the bit that I'm kind of surprised about is I, I thought after they had that famous win, I mean, in all the circumstances of an incredible win against Rangers, you know, just, it, it was it was the, probably, after after Saints had won the Scottish Cup, it was almost the, the biggest sort of hoodoo in Scottish football was, was put to was put to bed. Now it's, now it's Dundee not winning the Scottish Cup, but that was done. But it's remarkable how it's all come back on again, isn't it? Now, because the, the whole, from, is it because they lost to Hearts in the semi? Is it just an accumulation of things? Because it does feel already that there's big pressure on Hibs again. And I, I you, you could never have predicted that after they won the, the Cup, could you? All I would say is the pressure on Hibs isn't quite what it used to be. It's, uh, it was something, oh, yeah, it was yeah, something else prior to, to 20, uh, 2016. That was um, that it used to be a talking point from the first press conference of the season to the final press conference yeah, of the yeah. season. And it was a... Uh, an astonishingly large monkey on their back, but they shook that off. But you are right in what you say. There's a there was a slight fear of of Hamden creeping in. That Hearts defeat was really painful for the supporters. Granted, they weren't in the stadium, but watching all around Edinburgh, that was a defeat against your harshest rivals, your rivals who are in the Championship, yeah. Scottish Cup final in sight. 
that hurt. And I've, and I've since been proven to be not very good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's, uh, so there's a, there's de- there was definitely an, elef- uh, an element of, of that kind of getting in the ear of the, of the Hibs fans. They shook that off slightly against Dundee United. I, I would say that there was, yeah. I'd say that the real massive, massive pressure was on that Dundee United match because that, not that Dundee United are comparable to Hearts in terms of being in different divisions, but the pressure was comparable in terms of the expectation that they would go into Hamden and come out victorious. So the fact that they've managed to do that has slightly alleviated some of that pressure, but the favourites tag is firmly on their shoulders. And that's not always a tag that has sat comfortably with Hibs, let alone when they are facing a team that this season alone, they've only beaten once in five attempts. They've not scored in their last uh, three games against St Johnston. And in the last match at home, they lost against a Saints team that had made a swathe of changes. So the Saints reserves, if, as they were saying on Twitter. Yeah. Absolutely. Seven, so if it was seven, a, seven changes. Yeah. So if there's a psychological advantage to be garnered through all of those elements I just mentioned, then that is in the court of St Johnston and they can take um, a fair bit of confidence from all those things. John, do, do you get 2014 vibes from this as I'm in the way of, I'm, I'm thinking about the Dundee United team that, that Saints... Saints had got in their heads. They'd they'd won the last three games before in the league before they they played United in that cup final. Um, players have subsequently admitted, you know, United players that they knew that St Johnson had found a way to play them. Do you get similar f- feelings? Uh, I get similar feelings with my fans hat on in the sense I'm absolutely bricking it. <laughs> there's a there's a big there's a big similarity. Oh, what you like, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. This, this, this is my process, Jim. This is how I work through these. Oh, moments we're, we're starting to know that, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I mean, no, I can, I can, I can, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, um, certainly the record against Saints' record against Hibs uh, this season, other than the, the, the first game, which they lost, but actually, arguably, well, dodgy, dodgy were very penalty. hard yeah, done yeah. by, yeah. and as well. So uh, there's a case to be made that they, they actually shouldn't have, shouldn't have lost any games against Hibs this season. Um, so yes, there, 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 there is. And you could say there's an element in that. Um, Hibs have obviously got really good attacking players. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Some will say they've got good defensive players as well. I'm not so sure uh, on that front. Um, but when you when I think about this St Johnston team this year, um, it's not so much that I think they've found a way to play Hibs. It's just that the way they play is is so. Particular, well, maybe, maybe it's particularly effective against Hibs, but it's just so effective in, in general. I mean, if you think about it since the turn of the year, can you think of one match where St. Johnson have been completely at sixes and sevens against anybody, totally overrun, panicking, unable to get out of a situation? Because I can't. Not once. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of when they were at their worst. I mean... No, but I mean, I mean, yeah. since the since yeah, the turn yeah. of the it's year, since the turn of the year, yeah, no, since the turn no, of the no. year, I can't think of a single occasion against any team where Saints have looked a looked mess, befuddled or that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it hasn't happened since the turn of the year, and even in periods of games where they're behind or on the back foot for a bit, there's always the sense that well, no, the system is still functioning and they will be able to find an out ball and play out of it at any given moment. So I don't think teams who are playing St. Johnson can ever just be completely unguarded against them because they're, they're, they're so good at what they do. Um, so whether whether it's the case that Jack Ross is, is 
conscious of the way that St. Johnson play and has a bit of respect for the way St. Johnson play and perhaps has been wary of that when they've played and has set his team out a certain way that has played in St. Johnson's hands, that's possible. So in, in that sense, I, I, I mean, I do feel that if St. Johnson turn up on cup final day, play the way that we know they can, they've got every chance of winning this. And they will know that themselves. And what's more, I think Hibs will know that as well. So it's uh, it's going to be a fascinating one. Saints have got a great, great chance here. I really, really believe that. And and yeah, as I say, I think Hibs think that as well. Gemma, is it as simple as like if, if, if St. Johnson managed to make sure that Martin Boyle and Kevin Nisbet have five out of ten days, does St. Johnson win? Do I mean, is it a, do, is it a case of keeping them keeping them quiet and stopping them from having their big moments? Or do you see dangers elsewhere in that in that Hibs team? Um, no, I mean, I think uh, there's, you know, we, we, we talked, uh, you know, um, the other week about this in the podcast. I mean, I think that there's no doubt that Hibs have got a really, really dangerous um, trio, you know, who, who bring serious goal threat. I mean, I, I'm a big Boyle fan, as you, as you know. Um, I, I, I think, I mean, I saw, was it a piece the other day, suggest that, you know, where he was talking about, you know, would it be, his last game in a hip ship, will he move on? I, I would be surprised if there's not kind of, you know, movement there. Um, generally speaking, um, I'd be surprised. I think Nisbet will go in the summer for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he will. You know, that, that would be that would be my um, my view. He's a smashing player. He's got pace to burn. He's got the ability to go by men, deliver quality balls, score goals, assist. You know, he's got everything I think that the modern kind of wide type striker um, requires. Um, you know, and I think I've said this before, Dodge as well, obviously, you know, I mean, I think the the, the key thing for me, Eric, is Hibs have pace up front. And I always think pace is about the hardest thing to, to deal with in the game. You know, all other things being equal, if you're up against guys that have got ability, but not necessarily the quickest, that's one thing. But when you've got the kind of pace that a Nisbet or a Boyle um, have, I think that's very, very hard to deal with. So, You've got to find a way, I think, to contain contain them. They've got a tidy midfield as well. I mean, you know, league-wise, they score more and they concede less than St. Johnson. The league table doesn't lie. It proves that. You know, you take Saints' uh, miserable start out of things. Actually, you know, had, had had they not had that miserable start, had they had the kind of form that um, they've shown all season, they'd, be, they'd have been winning the blooming league. You know, never mind, uh, you know, uh, nicking into Europe, you know. But... Um, I think there is no doubt in my mind that, that you know that if you can contain Boyle and Nisbet, um, then I think you're you're halfway there. I mean, and, and but look, the two teams know each other inside out. What, what I do wonder about is, <clears throat> I mean, I, I was thinking about when was it Hibs and Hearts met in the in the Scottish Cup final? Remember, Hibs got bumped five one. Was that yeah, that's what? Alan, seven, what year was that? Was two thousand and twelve. Two thousand and twelve. Yeah, I worked at that one. The BBC had me. I was working at that one that day. In fact, I, I ended up on on a bus, a supporters bus. At someone got You're always morning. on a bus. I well, I know <laughs> no, that's true. I ended up on a supporters bus from Pennycook um, uh, and it was it was actually it was a mixed bus it was theoretically it was meant to be I think a, a Hearts bus it ended up being mixed I think you know I think Edinburgh's not unlike Dundee in some respects I think although there's probably um, a more intense rivalry uh, there, there's still I think a, a fair amount of decent nature as well you know and it was a good day but I mean you know you kind of sense that day I mean Hibs, Hibs are a big club you know I mean Hibs have got great tradition they've got wonderful tradition I mean first Scottish side into Europe and all the rest of it you know they're, they're you know the famous there's a history there and there's also 
there's an expectation of the style of play that you that you you know you want to see and you expect to see from Hibs. There's meant to be a, a flamboyance about them. There's meant to be a kind of you know um, a football kind of pedigree um, about them. And I think you see some of that with the Nisbets and the Boyles and all the rest of it. Um, however. These these two clubs, as as the results this season prove, are closely matched. There's there's not much between them. You know, both are eminently capable of beating each other on the day. Both are eminently capable of of losing. Both are eminently capable of winning. I think Saints, all other things being equal, um, may find, as you say, less pressure on them. Hibs are a bigger club. There's no doubt about that. They're a bigger club in terms of support, in terms of tradition, in terms of history. But you know, in many respects, all of that counts for nothing because. You know, Saints have got the style of play which they don't deviate from. They've got, as I say, players and, and, and management and a philosophy and a sense of themselves where they're comfortable in their own skin, in their own environment. They know what they're capable of and they're certainly capable of beating Hibs on the day. Now, I mean... There are good players right through at the side, you know, whether it be kind of Porteous at the back and McGinn at the back, you know, whether it be Cadden in, in midfield. Um, but but for me, you know, the, the, the dangers come from Nisbet, Boyle, Dodge as well. But Nisbet and Boyle, I think, are two terrific players and they're quick. They're quick, they're alert, they're smart. And I think those are the kind of guys, particularly later in the game, those are the kind of guys, that, you know, as, as the legs weary and the mind weary, you've got to be really, really careful of uh, and close them down. But you know, Saints have got plenty that will worry Hibs. You know, not not only have they got young McCann in the midfield, who's got all the ability in the world, you know, with the intelligence of kind of Craig around about him there. Wotherspoon, you know, playing that kind of behind the, the, the front two, I think just be- becomes better and better with each game. Kane is a smart operator. Melamed, well, you know, I mean, where, where do we start with Melamed, uh, Eric? Because, you know, early on in the season, we're wondering, will he go home? He's not long here, will he go home? He's turned into one terrifically intelligent, smart football player who can take a goal as well. And that's before you get to the bench, you know, where you've got a strong Saints bench uh, as well. So Saints are eminently capable of winning this game, but so are Hibs. Do you think, uh, Alan, is... Is Boyle going to stick out on the right? Will he? Will he? Will he be happy to make it him against Callum Booth, or, or is he going? Is will he? I noticed in the last the last Saints we Hibs game Easter Road, he was popping up on the left a few times as well. Is that is that common for him, or is is he likely to just keep going up and down that right hand side to try and try and find that one moment when he gets past Callum Booth? I think they'll use him to kind of maraud in from the flanks as much as possible, as Jim rightly says. Pace is the the biggest danger um, when it comes to a defence, and Hibs need to find a way to stretch this St Johnston team. It's, I mean, uh, Jim was talking there about the style that's expected from from Hibs, and kind of therein lies the problem: is Hibs trying to play the way they want to play cannot find a way to break down this St Johnston side. St Johnston have them figured out. They, the St Johnston midfield. Uh, presses, suffocates, doesn't lose its shape. That doesn't allow Hibs to break on them. It doesn't allow them to play, uh, play into wide spaces, which means their pacey players can't do their thing. It's uh, Jack. Yeah, Boyle. Boyle to... from a standing. Yeah, Boyle from a standing start yeah. is different from Boyle when he's when he's when he's on the move, isn't he? It's just it's one of these. It's just self-evident, isn't it? Of course. So fundamentally, Jack's going to need to get his thinking cap on and figure out where can I place Boyle on this side that I can stretch them, maybe do a, use more of Doig's attacking threat to make the pitch as big as possible, Doig on one side, Boyle stretching the other side. How do I make the pitch as big as possible so that 
the passing midfielders can pick out those danger men um, and and cause St Johnston some problems which haven't been caused previously because in the previous games St Johnston's back three they've been absolutely imperious and they have smothered the threat of Kevin Nisbet because if the game doesn't get stretched then they can just focus on Kevin Nisbet and say you're not getting any space you're not getting a shot away we've got you in our pocket so I think they'll one thing that will be interesting is I think St Johnston will be facing a different Christian Doidge than they have faced for a while. He gives them, uh, he's informed now, he's confident. He is a Scottish Cup specialist this season. He has scored in every single round so far and would make history, well, would uh, repeat history if he can score so in, a, in a winning final because uh, Keith Wright did that when they won the Skull Cup in 1991. So that's something that he'll be chasing and underlines how much he loves this competition. So, Alan, so for, for folk that haven't, for Saints fans that haven't seen much of Hibs, um, so how will that front three, how will they How will they start off? So we, will it be Doyle's just conventional number nine through the middle? And, and is, so is Nisbet coming from wide areas as, as, well as, as well as Boyle? It'll be as close to a front two as they can make it okay. without losing their shape fundamentally. That has, at times been a 3-5-2 because that allows you to um, play a coherent front two but the problem then becomes you probably have to deploy Martin Boyle as a right wing back which um, isn't the way he particularly loves it you have the option of playing Boyle on the right Nisbet coming off the left and Dodge as the target man however it would be the tactically you would look to get Nisbet coming in as much as possible and Doig flying Which is up what, the left. I, I bet it's funny. I bet I bet you if Callum Davison was in charge of that team, that's what he would do. He yeah. would have that. He would have that three. He would have Doig as the as the number nine, and you would have that sort of triangle where you would have you know which he, which he did against Hibs, obviously with Conway and one Conway and Wotherspoon. He would he would have Nisbet coming in from the left, and he would have Boyle on on the right. So it's it's fa- no it's it's fascinating. Could, could, has he done that this season? Has he done that this season, Jack Ross? He has done it at times. Absolutely, um, that's uh, that's something that that's something that that Jack has previously done. And it's Nisbet just probably a, doesn't like it though, does he? He well, wants to just, be he wants to be up there. It doesn't get the best out of Martin Boyle. I think is the argument. Yeah. It's, uh, you know that's your major issue. Martin Boyle is Hibs's best player. For how long after this season? Who knows whether that will be the case. But how do you get the best out of Martin Boyle? But I think Dodge could be an interesting one. I think if I was going to pick one one to watch that's perhaps not been mentioned as much in dispatches, I would say Christian Dodge because he could give them something different um, than in the previous matches that, that Hibs have come up short. He could perhaps occupy and batter about that back three a little bit more than any other team has managed to do, at which point, Nisbet Boyle can feed off the scraps and maybe maybe Hibs have got a chance in that regard. Yeah, interesting stuff. Sean, do you? I mean, one of the ones I'm really looking forward to again, Ali McCann, Jackson Irvin in the same part of the part of the pitch. Two guys with with energy to go all day, however long it goes, 90 extra time, the whole thing. Um I think McCann's got a wee bit more subtlety to his game, but it's a it's an it's a fascinating one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. I, I think you're you're right with your assessment. I think McCann is a, a is a more subtle player, and I think what 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 he's very very good at can be can be missed a lot more easily than than what Jackson Irvin is good at. Good at. <laughs> Jackson Irvin is more outwardly athletic, seeming I would say, um, whereas Ali is he he does the running, but he's um, he's a wee bit more <laughs> sort of low key. 
uh, and his approach to the game, and uh, it will be interesting. But I mean, I mean, with I, I personally, I'd have. I think we all know what team we would we would like from St Johnston. I mean, I, I certainly do. I don't think Melamed will start. By the way, I think he's. Do you not? His, I know. I think he's played his way out. <sighs> interesting. Yeah, mm. I, I was. I thought he was controversial. He was eh? Poor mm. against. I know Livingston didn't mean as much, but I didn't mm-hmm. think he was great at Ibrox, and I, I didn't think he was great, he was great in the semi-finals. So no, no. I, I think Stevie May plays. But there we go. Kane and May and Motherspoon. I think so. Or yeah. does he? Or or does he do it again? Does he go back? And go Conway. for that three again. Conway's got a bit of game time recently. Got the experience as well. Oh, man. If you'd, asked, if you'd asked me that a week ago, I would have said no chance. But now, yes. not so sure. And I think yeah. I think, I think, think next season, he'll try, if if he gets to keep Middleton, he will try to... Uh, God, I, Middleton. He's try to start him more. Yeah. But I think, I think he's, at the moment, he's a super sub, you know. And I've spoken to people who watched him a lot of the under-21s and said his impact was far greater off the bench than it was from the start. So... I don't think he's a likely starter, but no, I don't expect Melamed to start. But there you go, Sean. No, is no, that thrown you? Is that thrown no, you? No, well, no, no, no. It's just it's <laughs> just an it. interesting discussion. I think I probably, um, in thinking about my team, I would have had Melamed in it. I, um, but other than um, instead of me. But I mean, uh, listen, you've 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 been at um, the Livingston game um, and the Simmering game and everything else for that matter as well so you, you've seen far more of more of the games than I have so I defer to your knowledge um, and I, I'm not I'm not I wouldn't be upset if Stevie May plays he's, he's, we know what he we know what he offers um, Middleton is the one that I hadn't even considered he, he wasn't in my starting 11 but now that you mention it you think oh, and yeah I can see the super sub, sub argument because you bring him on against a, a tyrant defence and pff, Get yeah, him running he's, he's going to have Hanlon. a panic. Yeah, get him yeah, exactly. running at Paul Hanlon. We'll have some of that. Yeah, I can totally see that. But midfield-wise, Ali McCann, which is where we started. McCann and, and for me, Liam Craig. He'll definitely play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th- those two in there, uh, I, I think, are certain. And obviously, we know the back three. Right, Sean Rooney, left, Callum Booth kind of picks himself, really, that area of the park. Um, I think the only question marks are up top. But yeah, yeah, Liam um, and Ali. And I think they've proven themselves to work really well together. It's the best combination in, in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bri- Bryson has played well recently. And he was, mm-hmm. very, he was good, he was at, very good, good against St. Mirren. Very yeah. good against St. Mirren. And, he, and, yeah. he, and, and as Callum Davison has, has consistently pointed out, <laughs> it's usually the big games or the big bigger teams he plays against. But no, I'm like you. I think I think Craig and McCann is the best combination. But then, the, but then the, the, the question becomes about Murray Davidson because we, I mean, we, all, we all know how desperate he is to to play a partner cup final, but yeah, I mean, ideally one that ideally one that you win. There's not there's not that much cash. I wouldn't have thought and coming on in a cup final that you're not going to win and you're losing. You'd maybe rather sit on the bench. <laughs> to be honest, nothing to do with me. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, stay out of it. But I mean, yeah, but we all know the sentimental angle to Murray Davidson. But I think again, he would be one that, given the lack of game time recently, I know he played against Livingston. Like a, an absolute machine, given his lack of game time. Um, I still think he's one that you sit on the bench and you bring on me ten minutes to go. I think if you're in a decent position, or, certainly, or even certainly not. if you're what, certainly if you're one nil up and you're you're looking to yeah you're looking to defend your box and all the rest of it. Murray is, and he's listen the other way around as well. He causes chaos, That's at corners and such like you know. So no, I would I would I would agree with you. I think Liam Craig starts for sure. So Jim, it's. What are the 
What's going to be the key battle and how is it going to pan out? Well, I think the, the the key battle is for the dominance in midfield. Who wins? You know, who who kind of uh, wins most possession? Who wins? Who wins most ball? And what they do with it? You know, what they supply with it. Now, I mean, but you know, we we, we can argue this to doom uh, from now to kind of well from now to Saturday because then we'll know um, <clears throat> how Callum's going to go with this. I mean, I, I, in my mind, and I, I, I'm the same as Sean. You see more of Saints, you know, the, 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 than the, than we do. Um, I usually I'm picking highlights up, but I mean, I like Melamed. I'm, I, I think he has, he has so do I. So se- do I. Several, several talents and abilities. I think it's a few that, weeks. That, that I just think useful. it's a few. Well, you're going back a few weeks for mm, one of his uh, right. one of his sort of standout performances. But maybe I, he's I, been I, storing I, it up for this. I mean, the yeah, other thing is, listen, if Callum's superstitious, he's 100% starting because Saints have never lost a game that he started. So he started, that's a, right. we we know a few managers that that be all he needs to get in the team. <laughs> Well, there's a, there's a combination of things here, Eric. I mean, I think you know the the, the midfield battle is crucial. It always is, you know, in terms of winning possession and then supplying. Who who you're supplying? Well, if you're supplying kind of a couple of front men like Melamed and May, um, where are you going to supply from? Are you going to supply from the through the channels? Are you going to supply from the wide? Um, you know, you've got all these kind of things to think about in terms of where, you know how you pick and choose your personnel. And that's what was one of the reasons I wondered if Conway might um, actually start a game. I suspect he won't. I'm a Conway fan, you know that. I mean, I, I think age doesn't wither with him. I mean, he's still a very, very fit player. I'm not sure if he's a 90-minute man, um, but that's that's neither here nor there. It's a squad game and has been for a long time these days. But look at the strength of the bench. I mean, you know, against Livingston, they, they, you know, they were able to bring Conway, Kane, Bryson, Middleton on. That, that's a pretty strong kind of bench. It's a strong squad that they can uh, put out. So, you know, the midfield battle, winning possession, supplying whatever your front men are, either through the channels or, or from the wide. But also, uh, I think in terms of your, you, depending on how you're going to play it, you know, your wing backs, your full backs, call it what you will, your defence, are going to have to handle the pace uh, of Hibs, the pace and the trickery of Hibs front three, because it's not just pace, they're, they're very good players on the ball as well. They're they're tidy, they're alert, they're smart, they see passes, they make passes. Um but uh, you know the the point was made by Alan earlier on. You know, Hibbs. There, there's a wee, you know, there's a wee bit of kind of Tommy Wright against Jackie McNamara here. Tommy That's always had done. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tommy always had had Jackie's number. He, you know, he knew instinctively how to play United and often shot them out of games. And there's there's maybe a he knew how to play him through the week well. before the game as well. Yeah, you know? well, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Pick his team for him. Haven't, haven't seen much of that yet. I have to say, you know, I mean, no, kind of, no, different, different types of, of characters, different type of yeah. characters, you know. But uh, so no, I mean. The midfield one, you know, in terms of kind of winning possession, uh, what you do with possession, uh, and I, th- I think, you know, to be honest, yeah, I think both teams are pretty evenly matched in about there. I really do. But defensively, Saints to me, with it, you know, the, 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 you know, there the, the, there is a there's a strength and there's a, there's a strength of conviction, a strength of mind, as well as a physical strength about Saints, which will make it very very tough for Hibs unless they're absolutely uh, they absolutely bring their A game. Yeah. So I'm saying, is your gut instinct that Saints are going to do this, Jim? Well, you know what? I, I I was at my morning run, Eric, and this was going through my mind. It was kind of puffing and pecking, coming up Hamburger Hill at Camperdown Park. You know, um, where where Dundee United used to train. You know, there's a, there's a tale in there. I'll tell it sometime. I maybe told it before. Um, but this this was going through my mind today. I, 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 it's too tight to call. It really is. I mean, I said earlier on, both these both these teams can beat each other. It's as tight a cup final as I can remember in a long time. You know, I think there's there's an element. You know, you mentioned the boss there. I've been on the cup. I've been on 
cup final buses with your supporters buses and all the rest of it, obviously as a journalist, but I've been on a cup final bus when United won in, uh, you know, under Golak way, way back in '94. Uh, was, was it that long ago now, you know? Um, I was on the bus that day. BBC put uh, me on the bus from the, the hotel, I think it was East Kilbride. And Golak had, Ivan Golak was that Dundee United squad that day, and it depends on the characters you've got as well, had the, the wonderful knack of putting players at their ease, relaxing them, and just getting them into a frame of mind. And I always remember thinking that day while we're doing the live interviews, they're going to beat Rangers today. They're going to beat them. They just There was just such a sense of relaxation. They're a very good team as well, but they're up against a, a very fine Rangers side also. So I think to a great extent here, it depends how... And, and what kind of frame of mind the managers, the respective managers, coaching staff, get the players into before the game. Although I think, I come back to it, I don't want to repeat myself, but I think this is a Saints side comfortable in their own skin. They know their capabilities and they're comfortable in their capabilities. And I'm not sure how far Hibs can stretch them beyond their capabilities to take them out of their comfort zone. For all I've said about Boyle, and, and, and you know the, the kind of the, the pace that they, the, they've got there for all I've said about that I just think that if Saints are at their best on the day they can win the game but I'm, I'm, you know I hesitate to tip them I'd like, you know obviously yeah, yeah. in this neck of the woods I want to see them winning it I've got a soft spot for the Hibs and must admit, I've always liked Hibs and the way they play football um, Saints have got the ability to do it if they're, if they're at their best on the day they can win it. Um, but would I, it's not one I would put money on for either side. My last one for you, Alan, is, and because you, know you know the club well, you know the team well, and you know the manager well, is, is Jack Ross liable to overthink this? Because he's got a, he had a terrible record when the big games at Sunderland. I've, spoke, I've got a couple. Of, I, my, my brother used to be a season ticket holder at, at Sunderland, and I went to a fair, fair, fair few games and I've spoken to someone and they, they think Saints are guaranteed to win this just because Jack Ross didn't did, Jack Ross's teams didn't turn up playoff finals, what's the name of the Diddy Cup down there, you know, all that sort of thing. Is he is he likely to get the best out of his team, which is probably I think even Saints fans would admit player for player more talented. Uh, maybe they wouldn't actually, maybe it's not as close to that. Is he is he liable to get in his own way? It's interesting. I think both managers on the Edinburgh beat on occasion when big games roll around have been guilty of overthinking it. I think Robbie Nielsen does it sometimes and I think, yeah, Jack Ross does do it sometimes. Uh, does he overthink? Well, that all comes down to whether or not he wins or loses the game and he's won some and he's, loses, and he's lost some. You know, that's everything's easy to criticise in hindsight, I guess, but he will he is a, a studious, intelligent guy and will leave no stone unturned. I uh, for all I was outlining the options earlier, I would be pretty astonished if they veer from that 4-3-3, albeit, you know, I mentioned earlier that they'll look to get Nisbet as close to Deutsch as, as possible. But, uh, you know, as much as he thinks, as much as he thinks about it, as much as he thinks about what can I change from the previous games against St. Johnston, there are finite options. I mean, there's selection uh, dilemmas. Does he go for Gogic or Halberg? Does he go for McGregor or... The same team as the semi-final, won't it? I mean, you would think so, but the the issue is: is he thinking more about the semi-final, or is he thinking more about how St. John's held to beat this St. Johnston team? <laughs> so you know, there are um, dilemmas that he will be pondering through. I would be pretty astonished if he if he veers from his four three three, but 
he does have that option to go to match up St Johnston directly and say, um, as you alluded to there, perhaps some people will think we have better players than St Johnston, so let's just match them up and see if we can beat them that way. So it's he'll be rolling over those things in his mind, but um, you know, there's only so many left field tactics you can come up with when it comes to when it comes to this stage in the season and the sixth time you've played a team. You know. Well, the thing is, I mean, we laugh, but. You know, Davey Martindale went with one and it oh, backfired spectacularly. Don't. You know, I'm not expecting <laughs> him to play set his best player out, you know, as a on the as a, as a wide midfielder to cover Sean Rooney. But, you know, managers do funny things when, you know, and I think that was I think that was as a result of Saints getting the better of Livingston in the league game about a week or so before it. So, you know, you you, you can you can make a mess of these occasions, can't you? That remains one of the, the strangest things I've, uh, I've seen from Davey. I got to know him well in the, in the previous job and he's a, a huge character and a real pleasure to, to speak to. But um, he can sit down and he can explain that to me until the cows come home. I will never understand <laughs> Marvin Bartley as a, a left-sided midfielder. And I love Big Marv. He's like a great guy. But, oh, goodness me. I think even he would accept that he maybe doesn't have the engine to play left wing. Um, but no, that was that was quite something. I'd be pretty stunned if Jack Ross doesn't say... Sean Rooney's a threat. Let's just keep Josh Doig over there. I don't mm. think. Uh, I don't think <laughs> I we can expect yeah, that. One. I think I've, he's got a more natural guy to go up against him. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. And that will be a great battle. Incidentally, I meant to mention that earlier, but uh, Doig against oh, uh, Rooney that will be blockbuster. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Well, Sean, last one for you. So, has this been therapeutic for you, or has it made you feel worse? <laughs> far worse. Far far worse. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I've, I've been fine. I've been fine all week. It's only, it's only Wednesday, Sean. Only- I know, but I've been totally pretty relaxed about it. It's not even been, I've not thought about it that much. But now when you sit down and speak about it for, for three quarters of an hour without uh, without a break, well, my well, God. Listen, I'll, I'll, should- I'll give you the deep breathing exercise he used to give wee Dodgy when we were on planes because he was a bad flyer like me. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I could I could do with that. I'm, 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 I'm absolutely... I'm like a cat on hot bricks here already, yeah. and uh, we've got a long way to go. So yeah, um, well, I, I, I think part of, partly the the reason for the sort of level of kind of nerves, if you like, as a, as a supporter, it, it, it is because we actually could do this. You know, I think if we if we were going in against uh, Rangers, for instance, if, uh, and I, I know we knocked them out in the in, in the quarters um, in quite spectacular fashion. Um, and, and while that game was ongoing, I mean, I must admit, I did have a feeling that, that it was doable. And I, I know they were under the cosh, but again, it's another example of St. Johnston kind of being on the wrong side of a game, if you like, but also never looking in a flap. You know, there was always that level of control. And, and that that is the thing, really, more than any other, that makes me think that there's a real chance for St. Johnston here to go and win this and yes you have to acknowledge that Hibs are a good side and yes you acknowledge they've got good players across the park but at the same time so does St Johnston this season and, and it's been proven particularly since the turn of the year Um, so that's that's the reason I'm cacking myself because I think actually do you know what we could win this and if they do go and do it I mean that is that, it's once in a lifetime stuff. Uh, well, it really, we'll to, really is. Well, there'll be another podcast, so yes, exactly. We'll, it'll be pure. It'll be real historic stuff. But yes, I mean, listen, I'm. I, I thought the the St. Martin game was the pressure game and the Nervy game because it, they was a team that I think they would have. I think they would have been kicking themselves 
had they not got to this other final and the two final they've got the two finals in one year that's already history they've got one trophy they can go for this and think look if they certainly if they lose to Hibs there is absolutely no shame in it because Hibs particularly if Hibs turn it on you know you can say well that is that is the third best they are the third best team in the country this season so you can you, there, there will be no yeah, it's it's like a happy medium. It's not the one that you you kind of only almost got the shot to nothing, and you think, well, we're on, we're not going to win this because Rangers and Celtic win the big finals. But it's not playing a certain one, or even a Livingston, as they did in the in the Betfred final, where it's huge pressure because you think, oh gosh, if, you know, in twenty years' time, if you look back, you think, you know, who who knows where Livingston will be in the Scottish football pyramid? You know, you fans of future generations would think, oh god, we lost to Livingston in the cup final. You lose to Hibs in a cup final. It's 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 not the same. I just think Saints, they go for it. They just not not in a gung ho way. I don't mean it like that. I just mean in a in a shackles off. Where's the pressure? Let's let's just let's let's see what happens. And yeah, there we are. And we'll be back doing a podcast next week if uh, if they win it. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. There's there's the St Johnson podcast. And like I say, it's been some season for Saints. And hopefully, hopefully, there's there's one more one more high to be climbed. Thanks again, guys, and thanks for listening. Come on, ye shanties. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget, too, to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.